Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Kay. And this week we are looking at Season 1, Episode 7, Call Me Irresponsible, in which Frasier gives some rather complicated relationship advice and problems arise therein. Kay, as I've just said, this episode is all about Frasier giving some damning relationship advice. I want to ask you, have you ever given or received good slash bad relationship advice over the course of your life? I give everyone a relationship advice, and I am not the man to do it because I don't know anything. But I, <laughs> I give every everyone relationship advice. Yeah, I am. Um, I had a mate uh, the other day who told who she went on a date with this guy, and uh, he told her at, at dinner that uh, you know that she should give him a, a shot because he's a nice guy. Right. And I was sat there like, oh, oh no, don't I don't trust that. But it's yeah, the, it's the biggest red flag in the business. I think you say it you're a nice guy, it. you're immediately not a nice guy. Exactly. If you think you're a nice guy, then you're probably a psychopath. Have you ever received any bad relationship advice or given any? Um, I mean, any, anyone I've given advice to will probably tell you it's bad advice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think I've ever really been given any relationship advice. Okay, so something to bear in mind going forward in your life. Any time you do receive some relationship advice. Jot it down, and we can. Uh, that is a question we will probably revisit, considering the most of Fraser's episodes are predicated on some kind of uh, advice that he gives or receives that ends up getting miscommunicated and things kind of fall apart. So, one to kind of schedule for the future, perhaps. But before we kind of kick off with the review of this episode, do you want to tuck yourself into Trivia Corner and test your wits? Very much so. I'm loving that that's our new, our new name for it. It is the new name. I think get a little jingle together for us then. That might be nice. Okay, so I will start before I ask you my questions <clears throat> and you ask me yours because my coffee with Niles, the user from Reddit that we mentioned last week, has been very kind and submitted two questions for us again. So I'm going to lead with his. Um, are, are you ready? Yep, 100%. Okay. Question one, while Frasier and Catherine are sharing M&Ms outside the radio booth, she notices they both have a preference for which colour? Oh, is it the yellow one? It is indeed the yellow one. I mean, have you eaten peanut M&Ms recently? I've never eaten peanut M&Ms. I don't understand why you would ruin a perfectly good M&M by having peanut. That's a very bold statement, but I mean, I love peanuts and they go with a lot of things. That has to be said. They're a very versatile legume, but I am not a huge fan of peanut M&Ms. I would always choose crispy or original if I had the choice. And I, I assume you would be the same. 100%. I don't, I've never bought peanut M&Ms. I've never been with anyone who has bought peanut M&Ms and I would be doubting why I'm with that person if, if we went to a shop and, and they bought peanut M&M's. Wow, so the kind of barometer of how you test your friendships <laughs> is, their, is their preference for M&M's. It's, it's, it's am... niche, I'll be honest. <laughs> and yet it's, it's strangely uh, it's, uh... accurate and reliable. <laughs> well, next time I'm in a corner shop with you, I will be kind of hyper alert when I'm reaching for the confectionery. Okay, <laughs> question two from my Coffee with Niles is, just before storming out of the apartment, Catherine informs Fraser that he was missing out on sex that is illegal in how many states? Oh, I, I, I'm glad he asked, uh, well, he or she asked this. She says illegal in 48 states, I think. She does. She does indeed. Now, is there, like, I'm, I'm really curious as to know what it was she was going to do, because this is a joke that gets done, I think, quite a lot in American sitcoms, mm. that they refer to sex that is illegal in X amount of states. So I'm I... genuinely curious what, what's illegal in 48 states. 
I cannot even imagine what she was going to do to Frazier because, to be honest, if it's deleting 48 states, it sounds like it probably wouldn't have been particularly enjoyable for either of them. It sounds borderline torturous. Oh, <laughs> and I want to know what the two states are where it's allowed. Perhaps Alaska and Hawaii. Um, <laughs> who knows? The kind of two outliers. But uh, yeah, so thank you very much for my copy of Niles for submitting those. You've just got both. Hopefully I can tempt you into tripping up with some of my questions. Tried to kind of make them a little bit more difficult this week, but I have a feeling you're still in and out the out of the park. So I will ask you the first of mine, and then you can, uh, you can ask me yours. How long is the timer Daphne sets on the camera? Oh, God. Uh, I have no idea. I've got I'm, gonna, I'm literally just going to shoot in the dark. It's like any, I'm going to say 25 seconds, and it's a pure gas. It is 15 seconds. Oh, so, so You're not a million miles away. <laughs> But, I mean, I've got a lot to say about this uh, subplot involving the Christmas photo, which we will get to later. But, yeah, um, most of it not positive. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you want to ask me the first of your question? Uh, yeah. So, uh, what is the date at the start of the episode? I think I will be able to answer this one because I had a feeling you might ask me this. As soon as I heard it, I'm now getting so attuned to, to lines that you might construe as trivia. That I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get into your mindset and think, you know, what's he going to do? What's he going to ask? So I think it's October 21st. It is indeed, yeah. It took just six episodes for me to become predictable. <laughs> I don't think, you know, we, before we started recording, uh, listeners, we, we both did say that um, this is a difficult episode for trivia. We really were kind of scrawling through the the script and, and rewatching and yeah i don't think it offered us too many kind of olive branches when it came to uh to good trivia so i don't think there's just there's just not a lot there that can really be used as trivia there's not like those little one-liners that you can use as a question or as a fact or anything like that mm. so I, th I think it is a really i really struggle with the trivia on this question on this episode yeah i did as well which is kind of case in point because my next question is my last <laughs> i didn't <laughs> even manage to get three good questions for you i've only got two but i am gonna go ahead and ask it so what restaurant does Frazier suggest he and Catherine go to other than Le Cigar Volant? Le Cigar Volant! Oh, I was really hoping that was going to end about four words earlier so that I could say <laughs> Le Cigar Volant. Oh, it was, it sounded Italian. I remember that. I, I believe it is. I mean, I don't want to uh, stereotype. It sounds <laughs> Italian. Oh, I'm, I'm really not sure. No, I haven't got a clue. It is Antonio's, which I am not entirely sure gets mentioned again i don't know uh fraser and niles do reference their bots as they call them on episode so there's quite a few little catchy names and catchy restaurants they they frequent but yeah it kind of gets shadowed by le cigar volant i hear that name and i just have to all i hear is le cigar volant <laughs> So I think Le Cigar Volant is ultimately where they, they decide to go, but never actually get there. Okay, so going on to my second question. Hit how me. old was Daphne's granddad when he died? Man, I don't even remember Daphne men mentioning her granddad dying in this episode. <laughs> uh, wow. How when he died? I'm going to go... Oh. I seem to remember her making a joke about it that he like did something like unpleasant and then li but still lived to be a certain age. I don't know if that's the the kind of delivery of the lie. I'm just going to say 103. I mean, you're not far off actually. 93. Oh, 10 years yeah. out. Okay. He, he used to nap every afternoon. That uh, is it. Yeah, he lived to be 93. Yes, because taking a nap in his room. I think we can actually give him a few extra weeks because apparently her her Grammy for weeks would just insist that he was napping. 
Yes, I remember that. There was, there was kind of like a weekend at Bernie situation that he yeah. was lying on the sofa for two weeks and she didn't know. I mean, I can only imagine that he was kind of heavily decomposing at this point. So it's a pretty unpleasant image. But uh, yeah, a strange one. One that we can expect from Daphne at this point in the show, I think. And my, uh, I've got my third and final question here. Uh, which Lay it I, on me. I think it's harsh, but I was, I was scraping the barrel at this stage. Okay. Okay, so when Marco called uh, the show for the second time, who was on the other line? Is it the? I know because Roz mentions him, and then they don't they lose him. Um, yes, yeah, I think she. So uh... that she, she gets rid of him, so that she falls. Is it? Oh, is it? Is it Todd? It is Todd. Yeah. Yes. The only reason I remember that is because I can hear Roz going. Oh, Todd! Oops, darn! We lost Todd. <laughs> Oh, man. Finally, I get one of your stinging questions. <laughs> okay, so a pretty good trivia corner there. We can move on to the review of this ep, which we've said already really did test us when it came to a trivia formation. So we open in KACL again, and we have Hank on line three, who's having trouble with his neighbours. Though the joke here is that he cannot hear himself because there's a seven second or so delay. Um, in fact, I can't remember what the delay is. That would have been a good trivia question. So he can't hear himself. Frazier's screaming at him, ends up telling everyone to turn their radio off, much to Ross's kind of frantic signaling from behind the booth. And then, of course, the crooks of the episode's kind of plot starts to take shape when Marco phones in. Did Marco sound like any anyone in particular to you? Because we, we oh. talk about celebrity callers a lot. Yeah, he sounded so, so familiar to me. And I've been trying to place it mm. ever since then. And I just, I'm, I can't work out who it is, but I feel it's going to be one of those names that as soon as I, as you tell me, I'm going to be like, oh my God, of course it is. He definitely See, he sounded have... very familiar to me. He sounded to me like um, Joe Pesci from Goodfellas and the Irishman. Yeah, Home Alone. He sang, yeah. he, he had a kind of a typical Italian-American lilt and they were really playing on that. But I've just kind of looked it up and it's Bruno Kirby, who I do recognise and has been in kind of gangsterish films. He was in Good Morning Vietnam. He was in Sleepers, um, which is kind of a, a slight gangstery film. Uh, but he's he's kind of yeah, he's the he's, he's a character actor. You see his face, you think, oh yeah, he's been in a few things. But yeah, I really I really thought it was Joe Pesci. So Bruno Kirby plays plays Marco. What do you think of this phone call interaction he has with Marco? I do love right at the start that little uh, the throwback to Hank when he's Marco, Marco, can you hear yourself? He's like, no, I, I turned off my radio <laughs> after he blasted the other guy. It's such a good line. I don't like Marco, but I love that line. You've got to give him yeah. the credit for that. It is. It's, oh, it's just such a nice little throwback. What I really love about this episode is that, and I think it's something Catherine says herself in the episode, you see the consequences of the phone calls for the first time, I think. Yeah. You know, it's not just a cheap gag. It has an effect on people's lives. And what, what Frazier says has that long-term impact. Um, but, oh, you, you, I mean, you just you can't like Marco. You can't like him. I think you're absolutely spot on in that this is the first episode we see the, there is a world listening to Fraser's show. There's a world beyond the booth. And he, you know, he carries such cachet. He's carries such celebrity. It could be it could be really hard, I think, in his position to, to forget sometimes the influence his voice has. I mean, obviously, that factors into the plots of certain episodes. I'm thinking of the botched language of Cranes, which I think is next season where he ends up slagging off Seattle and that having having severe repercussions. But yeah, as you say, the, the world comes in and invades KACL in this episode because of something Frazier has said. And it just it shows the importance of, you know, that kind of role requires real care and attention, I think. And it, it is testament to his skill that he has to kind of diagnose and advise people within 
two minute windows or whatever. I think, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's a really good episode for showing us that he has an effect. He has an impact. Yeah. I mean, for me, I don't think this episode is as funny as maybe some of the episodes. I would agree. Yeah. I'd agree. Why, do you, why um, do you think that is? Would you say? I just think it's the nature of the episode. It's not an episode that is set up for laughs. You know, mm. it's set up for that. And obviously they've got the scene with the, uh, the Christmas scene, you know, uh, where they're yes. taking the photo and that's obviously they're trying for the laughs there. Um, but the, the majority of the show is very much like trying to build this relationship between Fraser and Catherine. It's uh, exploring. I mean, you know, you have these quite deep chats about, am I going to end up alone? Is Roz going to end up with it's nobody? It's spinsterhood. Yeah, I yeah. love the delivery yeah. of that line. Are there any non-Marcos out there? Or is Roz here destined to live a life of hopeless, loveless spinsterhood? <laughs> Back after this. I just, I think it's quite, it's, it's, it's quite a heavy episode in that regard it, it's not i don't it's not set up to be i think as a comedic an episode as as some of the others yeah i definitely think it's got a more kind of dramatic spin um the, the relationship with Catherine's quite interesting i think it's the first real time i'm interested in frasier as a you know as a normal human being that has relations that has you know friendships and relationships and he's someone who now he's not giving advice he's he's having to kind of factor in his own ethics and and live off his own advice as well and and off niles is and just navigate the the pitfalls of adulthood and relationships as a you know as a normal human being not as a psychiatrist um but ultimately it is his psychiatry uh, psychiatrist ethics that end up unpinning that relationship but yeah i think Catherine's actually a really i think she's a really decent character i think she's acted well she's played well i think she's got a decent script i think the back and forth he and her share over the m&ms the peanut m&ms i think it's really really nice actually um i think some of the stuff they say to one another is a little bit it's a little bit cheesy you know and fraser's like oh i think we should just exchange resumes over appetizers and stuff like it's a it's a very winking knowing line that the writers have put in there but yeah i think their interaction is very convincing and just generally enjoyable i think yeah i definitely agree i'd have liked to have seen i think a bit more of the two of them mm. uh, maybe not quite so long it's very rare i say this um with niles and, and fraser i think i'd have rather have seen more of fraser with uh with catherine to be honest with you I, but no i i think this episode as well it's the first time we really see fraser is great at giving advice for everyone except himself it's so true it's it's like it's the beautiful irony of the show i think and that never really goes away yeah and i think this episode is the first time we really see it that yeah. he can tell everyone else exactly what they should do but when it comes to himself he's just going to tie himself up in knots and make a mess of things yeah he's he's unlucky in love but when it comes to matters of everyone else's heart he just like yeah he knows immediately what to say um before we get to uh the the interaction he has with Catherine, actually um we should kind of pivot back a little bit to the aforementioned subplot of this episode and i think calling it a subplot or a b plot which is obviously what it is in in sitcom terminology i think does this section way too much justice but for some bizarre reason daphne wants to make a christmas card photograph and get it done this early it's october 21st we've established i have no idea what the the gag is here what i'm missing but i don't know why this needs to be done now I feel like this whole bit is just set up so that we can have the physical comedy of Eddie running in with his antlers and the photo being taken. I just, what did you make of this? 
I'm going to be honest with you. For me, it feel it, for me this has all the hallmarks of an episode that was five minutes too short. Yes, and they needed just to fill up a little bit more time. That is a really good observation, actually. As you know, you've read it, and for listeners, perhaps one day I will share it. I have written a Frasier script, and it was actually surprisingly difficult to get the episode over the line. I think mine is missing a few minutes here and there, and I just think, yeah, I, I, that must have happened very often. And these subplots, these B plots often they can be really good but in this case i think this was very much off the cutting room floor they thought how can we kind of pump martin and daphne their their presence up in this episode and it just yeah this just doesn't doesn't work for me at all we have a few good moments when martin's got the hat on and he says oh you know if you don't wear yours we'll look stupid <laughs> like he's got his on you know john mahoney brings the best out of that but that that for me there's my saving grace and that's it i absolutely love that line but if you don't it'll look stupid <laughs> Delivery, his face, everything's perfect about it. It is so, uh, yeah, it, it is really nice. And it's just, it, I just don't get the Christmassy thing. And I love the Fraser episodes that are set at Christmas. I, oh, I, I, I often mean I that's something we can do down the line, <clears throat> like a ranking of, of a Fraser Christmas episodes. But I love, you know, when Fraser does Christmas because it just feels really cozy and homely and they're normally really nice themed episodes. But this is just, this comes out of nowhere and it just makes no sense whatsoever. I think this is the first time we've been confronted with a B plot that just absolutely makes no sense. It's, it's really, like, the bits I like about it, I like the line we've just said with him saying, if you don't do it, you'll look stupid. Yeah. Um, and I like, I do, I quite like the little bit between Daphne and Martin when she's talking about her grandparents, how her grand her grandmother said that her granddad was just napping for three weeks. Yeah. I quite like that as a line, but it just, that's not a Christmas line. That doesn't need to be... You could do that over breakfast. You know, it doesn't need... Yeah, to yeah. I don't, I don't understand what the <clears throat> the vehicle of, of Christmas and of doing a Christmas card, kind of what that's achieving. I like the throwaway line um, in reference to Fraser and Niles when, they, when Hester and Martin did a Christmas card. And it was just the two of them in jumpers on the hood of his car, I think. And I just, yeah. yeah, just imagining the two of them there. That would actually be a really nice Christmas card, like traditional as well. Uh, much better than the one they're making in Fraser's apartment. Yeah, I mean, maybe this is more of an American thing. Thing that I mean, I know America. Uh, so a lot of American sitcoms do do a lot of gags about doing a a holiday, holiday card and things yeah. like that. Maybe it's a joke that goes down better in America than with with British audiences. I, but yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I'm thinking of like the Friends episode with Ross and and uh, Mona, where they yeah. make the holiday card. We've got a Christmas episode coming up in a few weeks mm. in season one, anyway. So it just seems a bit strange to shoehorn a Christmas gag in now when it could easily go in a Christmas episode that is coming up. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think for, for the sanity of ourselves and for the listeners, we should probably segue from the Christmas <laughs> section because it is February and we're recording this and it's October in the episode. So it, it makes, you know, even, you know, slightly more sense, but still not much. Um, so, yeah, we have after that, the kind of return to KACL, Frasier's repercussions of the advice he gave Marco, which was ultimately to leave Catherine. Because Mar- uh, Marco says that awful line. I guess I just want to keep my options open, you know, in, in case somebody better comes along. <laughs> Which is just, yeah, very typical Lothario attitude. Marco does sound like a piece of work. 
so Frasier ultimately encourages him to, to to leave Catherine, and then she comes down screaming and crying and and calls him like a, a talentless fraud or a hack or something like that i love the physical comedy of when she's crying in his booth and fraser puts the the book over the microphone like he tents the book i i love the line it's like don't don't cry this is this is a place of business yeah this is a place of business i mean when we if we actually break down how many times we see people cry at kacl it probably happens an alarmingly you know frequent number of times yeah it probably does i more than in your average you know work environment you know but i would say so i would say so let me tell you if you ever met kelsey grammar would you ask him for an autograph and ask him to write you disgust me you parasitic fraud you parasitic fraud that's the line uh if i i wouldn't i wouldn't say that because (laughs) unfortunately no fortunately rather i haven't been wronged by kelsey grammar in this life or hopefully a previous one so if i ever did see him i would hopefully just get you know to will best wishes but I would be tempted to ask him to write that just because it would be like the ultimate piece of memorabilia to have him to reference an episode in such a niche way. And I wonder if he would remember the episode or would know what I'm referencing if I asked that. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Do you reckon he'd get it or do you reckon he'd just look at you like you're some kind of weirdo? I think he would look at me like I'm some kind of weirdo. To be honest, I I wouldn't blame him considering (laughs) I'd I'd be requesting something that happened nearly 30 years ago. (laughs) He He would be, yeah, probably very shocked. If he's listening to this, which he definitely will not be, <laughs> don't worry, Kelsey. I'm not going to kind of come after you. I might do, Kelsey. Um, just saying. You might do. Okay. The, yeah, the jury's still out on what you <laughs> So we have the interaction that we've talked about over M&Ms. Great bit of product placement for M&Ms because I literally cannot think of them without thinking of this scene. If I see anyone eating peanut M&Ms, I always think of this episode. I don't know if you're the same, if it had that. No, I just judged them. I think we've already established that. Yeah, we have, we have established that. I, I love the physical comedy of Frasier eating them all in the palm of his hand when, when she basically makes that reference to... Um, I can't remember what she says now. It's something quite seductive. And that's it. She says, like, you know, oh, I could stay here eating peanuts all day, which is a very distinct possibility. And then Frasier kind of just looks away from the camera a little bit and shovels them all into his mouth with the palm of his hand. Just a really good little bit of physical comedy from Kelsey there. Yeah, I think I think it's actually a really, really nice scene. I just, as, as you know, as a boy and girl meet for the first time, and just the way they, I mean, they're having a very depressing chat, really. Like, I go to restaurants alone, I have to turn the TV on because I can't bear to be alone, and I need the sound. Yeah. You know, it's a very, what they're actually saying is pretty depressing, but it just, it feels quite warm to watch it, I think. It, it does have a warmth. I think their back and forth is just so convincing that it has that warmth. And yeah, I'd completely forgotten that line about putting the TV on so that it sounds like someone's there. I mean, I'm someone, I work from home quite a quite a bit and I have to put on kind of music or usually kind of ambient sound on YouTube. You can listen to like, it sounds like you're in a coffee shop. It's like coffee shop ambience. I'll normally put stuff like that on as well when I'm working. So it just feels slightly less oppressive when you're working in, you know, wherever I'm working, the kitchen or whatever. I'm someone who kind of does something similar to that just you know if i'm working on my own so really strikes a chord i think and yeah fraser has like a really lovely moment quite a powerful mantra about love where he says you know all we want is love and to be loved and we want to matter to someone and 
for you know for them to matter to us and is very socially intelligent and his advice is genuinely sound yeah i, th- I think it's such a it's a really nice scene it's very it hits the heart i think and i you know this may not it's not an episode i think that you'll sit and laugh at it a hundred times but it is an episode yeah. i think you'll, you'll find yourself smiling quite a lot um, i think so yeah and i think, I, I think it, a lot of i think that can be said for a lot of fraser episodes actually a lot of them i don't guffaw at anymore you know i've seen this show so many times that it do, it takes a lot for a gag to make me laugh out loud, but that's not why I watch it. I watch it for the moments you just described. You know, I watch it for the moments where I just smile. Yeah, and there is so much I think warmth in this episode between Fraser and Catherine, and this scene I think in particular this scene is probably for me. I think this scene's probably the strongest scene in the whole episode. Um, I would say so. I think yeah. I think if we were going to rank like individual scenes that we we've, we've kind of looked at so far. This is up there in terms of like acting is good and you know the writing is good and even like the camera angle and where they've got them kind of sitting by the vending machine just everything feels really kind of yeah really perfected in this scene and I think it's just it's just done really well. Yeah, I mean just the dynamic between the two of them for me. I mean you think she goes there to have a go at him. She does, yeah. And she's absolutely ready to tear into him. And he's the one who has to say, you know, you didn't listen to this. Everyone else heard he was saying all this stuff about you. And then they have this heart to heart, and it's it's really it's just it's really nice, it's really well done between them. You believe it, you buy into it. Um, it's just it's there is a genuine warmth between them. I really like that. Yeah, and from this scene, we segue really nicely into the uh, into Nervosa, where the two of them are kind of talking. And one of my favorite quotes in the episode, where she's kind of palm reading Fraser's hand, and he's talking about the soft and supple, yet strong, right down to the beautiful almond-shaped nails. You really see all that in my hand? <laughs> Again, like in the last episode, we have that effeminate side to Frasier, which for me is when he's at his most funny. I don't know if you agree. Yeah, and 100%. And I think it sets out for it because this is the first time we're ever starting to see Frasier. I mean, as you say, as a real person outside of Roz and his family. Yeah. Um, and we see that he's not necessarily in a relationship. He's not going to be a bloke's bloke, you know, and that's not what you expect of him. And it it just it sets that I think really nice. Just at the start of the relationship, that's the sort of guy he is. I really like that. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think you know I'm I'm not a bloke's bloke by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and you, you know you would you would probably say the same about yourself yeah, to some degree. Yeah. And I just think watching <laughs> Fraser and Niles be comfortable and secure with how they are. You know, they like the finer things, or you know, they're fussy about what they eat or what they wear. And you know, obviously, it's some sometimes it's to a fault, and they're you know they're particularly kind of obnoxious or, or whatever and that's usually they're called out for that but even just a moment like this you know Frasier just kind of makes you feel it's fine to, to kind of be like this and to you know to just kind of be comfortable with comfortable with having someone read your almond shaped nails I think he uh, he does a good he does a good case for people who are yeah don't want to be a bloke's bloke as you say I think he's a pretty good role model in some respect yeah and again I think delivery as well is really nice just in the way that you, you are thinking he's talking about her. It's yeah, and... it's set up so good. <laughs> we should uh, I should say that while we're in Navosa as well, the coffee count for this episode is. So we have two coffees drunk uh, drank in this episode, which is I believe Fraser and Catherine at this point. So is it just Catherine and Fraser who have? I drink in, in this in this episode, I believe so. Yeah. Why had you? someone else having a coffee that I've missed I vaguely remember was there not a bit with Niles where he's like got some sugar or something like that and he's shaking it wait I think that's the yes yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's him and Niles drink the coffee 
And that's yeah. it's a good point you've brought that up actually, because I did stipulate in my rules only Roz, Niles, Fraser, Daphne, and Martin count towards the coffee count. So Catherine would have been ruled out. So yes, okay. it is the scene when him and Niles are drinking and yeah, the sugar. So it's those two, I believe. Um, yeah, so we're now up to twelve. It's it's marching on. It's very much so, yeah. Uh, so in what do you think of the the line here where Catherine goes to leave and Fraser says, Oh, don't don't you ever change? I think you're perfect just the way you are, something like that like that. Yeah, yeah. What do you think of that what do you like the line i i mean i hate the line and obviously i feel like we're meant to because the whole of nervosa groans in disgust at how cliche it is and then fraser kind of it's almost to me like it, he doesn't break the fourth wall but this is the closest we've come other than maybe that weird shot with irene at the end of here's looking at you this is the closest we have to like fourth wall break because that we we are suddenly meant to be the Nervosa crowd and Frasier kind of reacts to them like oh come on you know I'm, I haven't done this in a while I'm a bit out of practice and I feel like it's it's got a few more layers to it than the awful cheesy line gives credit for because I think it's intentionally bad but I mean why, yeah. what were your thoughts on this no no what I was going to say is it only works because of the fact that he calls himself out on how bad a line it is yeah I think that- if he'd left it and it was just yeah it, it would have been yeah. way too much for me to deal with it's too it's too cheesy of course then we get niles entering now i don't know if you noticed it maybe it's because i've got a cold and as listeners can probably tell uh, <laughs> and, and i'm trying to relate here but does niles sound a little bit different my first thought when he spoke was that i thought maybe david hyde pierce has a bit of a cold yeah um, just when he says who was that babo rama i think his <laughs> voice is a bit deeper than I would usually expect him to deliver that line. I, I now I can hear him saying the line, and I'm yeah. I think there is a there is a slight difference there. But I mean, what do you make about that line? I mean, while we're talking about lines, Niall saying who was that Babo Rama? <laughs> I mean, what do you make of that? I think it's a really weird line coming from Niles. Yeah, like it, I get that they're trying to make him look hip in the same way that they, they, there's the symmetry again that him and Fraser are both saying a line that's deeply uncool. Um, but I'm not convinced. Even even if Niles was kind of excited. I'm not convinced he would say a, a line like this under kind of normal circumstances, which sounds kind of counter to say because he he does say the line. Um, but yeah, I just it doesn't it doesn't seem natural for him. I don't think. No, I, I think it's it's a pretty weird scene actually because I think they want us to treat Fraser and Niles very much like they're two kids at yeah. sort of school. Fraser's got a girlfriend for the first time, like you know the way they're talking about sex and things like that without actually wanting to say the word. Oh, yeah, I don't think it lands. I think it's a, uh, it's, I mean, it's a bit like the Fraser line we just discussed. It's, um, it, it can be funny, but Fraser immediately calls him out for it, and you're like, I'm glad he does that because it's a bit like if the audience, if Nervosa doesn't react to Fraser's line and Fraser doesn't react to Nars's, then th- those lines just kind of sit out there in the ether a little bit, and they're a little bit cringy, a little bit awkward. Um, some interesting stuff to kind of pass and digest that happens in Nervosa, but immediately following this, we are back in KACL and Frazier is confronted once again by Marco after Ross kind of corners him by getting rid of Todd, as we've discussed. And yeah, I think Frazier's morals become quite grey here. He starts to maybe lose a little bit of that role model-esque I ha- I mentioned earlier. I don't know if you agree. Yeah, I do. I mean, I do. what I'll say about this scene is one, I love the delivery from Kelsey. But he says, you get a good look at the guy. 
Yes, like, really just, good, really good. It, the way he he's kind of says it like a private detective almost. <laughs> it is. It's it's just it's his face, his delivery, everything about that line. It's just it's fantastic. I do love that line. Yeah. But yeah, I find it quite strange that because he doesn't need to. He's doing well with Catherine. Mm. She's not going to go back to Marco. Like, there's no need for him to say, just stay away from it. There's no need to do it. Um, yeah, I, it's a tough one because Margot's bad news, obviously, but Frasier has his ethics and the kind of the contradictions of those two things in this episode is where the kind of tension comes to a head. But yeah, it's it's a funny one. I mean, I don't, I say, I say his morals are grey, but I don't know what, what's the right thing for him to do here, for him to for him to encourage Marco to go back to her, you know, because Catherine isn't one of his patients, you know, and I, there's got to be stipulations that, although it, it's frowned upon, I, I can't imagine it goes completely against the medical practice to to be involved with a patient's, you know, significant other if they're no longer together, because that person's not under your confidentiality agreement, etc. So, you know, it's it's a it's a weird one, I think. Yeah, and I think the nature of Fraser's job as well, that he's a radio psychiatrist rather than, you know, maybe a more typical psychiatrist. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, his kind of legislation, his jurisdiction rather about, you know, what he can do and what he can't, it's uh, it's a little bit unclear. Niles picks him up from KACL at this point, I think, we... after he, he hears the advice. Sorry, one, what were you going to say? One thing I was going to ask you, as uh, you know a lot more about the English language than I do, <laughs> and I, I, think Fraser, I think Fraser could be wrong about something here. Now, Frasier tells Marco that it's just jealousy. Yeah. Now, I could be wrong in this. I always thought jealousy is when you're scared that someone will take what you've got. Whereas if you want what someone else has got, then you're envious. Yeah, this is a so- weird one. I I, I, I wouldn't have to offer a clean definition, but yeah... I, th- I think you're probably right. I think you're not jealousy is like, yeah, you're in a relationship and you don't like someone and are flirting with or with with your significant other. And then envy is when you cover, you know, someone else's significant other because you're envious of what they have. But maybe, maybe kind of loosely colloquial speaking, you know, they're kind of interchangeable. I think jealousy gets used a lot more than envy in everyday conversation. It was my one opportunity to show that I know what the word jealousy and envious means. <laughs> I was seizing my chance. Well, I'm glad you did. You seized it with great aplomb, Kay. But yeah, I can't really, um, I can't really offer a definition either way. But I think, I think you're right. I think it's just maybe a, a colloquialism that's kind of just taken for a commonplace. But as I, as he, as I mentioned a minute ago, Niles picks Fraser up from KSL at this point because his, I think his car is in the shop or something. I can't quite remember. I, is this the first time we've seen someone driving in the in the show? Um, kind. I think it might be the first time we've seen kind a shot kind of from thing. inside the car. I mean, we saw, of course, Niles last. Last week, he pulled up by Frasier, didn't he? Um, yes, yes, very, very good break. memory. So, yeah, yeah, maybe it's the first time we have that kind of interior car interaction, which I always love because you just kind of have these intimate conversations that can only happen in a car at night kind of thing. It's it's quite a nice format. And another thing about this, it's one line I picked up on, and it, it reminded me of something you said a few weeks ago. So when they had, I can't remember her name now, I'm going to refer to it as the George Stephanopoulos scene. Uh, is it Aunt Patrice? Aunt Patrice, yeah, that's it, yeah. Uh, and he said that, oh, I'm just a, sh- a few, sh- we're just a few short ferry rides from Frasers, I think. Yes. Uh, and again, we get a little reference to distance here. He does say, it's just a few miles out of my way at rush hour. He does say that. I'd made a note of that, actually. So it, that goes to prove what you said about the, the ferry line, that it was just him kind of 
being dramatic and exaggerating um but yeah so we do we, we kind of get the impression that Niles does live like a few miles away maybe in like, I don't know, a different area of seattle different neighborhood but you know he's being the good younger brother and he's helping he's helping fraser out i i can't actually tell what car he's driving um i don't know if it's ever mentioned what car he drives obviously fraser drives a bmw most of the show we have that reference to a volvo a few episodes ago that we talked about i don't know do you know what car Niles has? I can imagine it's a BMW off the top of my head. Yeah, I, think I feel like it must be referenced it? at some stage. Yeah, I have a feeling it will be referenced at some point. Um, uh, we can we no, can no keep on like Top Gear watch for uh, <laughs> for Niles' reference to his car. Ultimately, he drops Fraser off at his house, and we have the denouement of the episode. The kind of climax is Catherine comes over. And they are, you know, effectively going to engage in, you know, they're going to have sex. Ultimately, Frasier, Frasier's ethics keep him from doing that. And there's some great kind of individual moments that and quotes that happen in this scene. We have Frasier's classic noise. <laughs> when he's kind of, you know, he's making out with Catherine. And it's, oh. and yeah, he just, I feel like that's a noise we hear a few times throughout the show. And it just, it always gets a little, a little laugh from me, I think. I oh I just whenever I picture this episode this is all this noise is all I remember of this episode <laughs> looking back yeah I don't there's no words that describe this noise from Fraser <laughs> it is inhuman um I have the credit to Kelsey for being able to produce it but one thing that I always think about this scene I think this is the most risque the show ever gets I don't know if you would agree there yeah I was genuinely a little bit surprised like, I don't I didn't remember just quite how forward she was with it yeah and like they're, they're you know they're, they're making all sorts of you know insinuating noises and and kind of innuendo and they're throwing themselves on the on the on the Barker lounger yeah. you know the great line I'm not going to be outperformed by the Barker lounger oh, when it starts vibrating um and like yeah she's kind of undressing and she's you know like she exposes kind of like whatever she's wearing underneath the shirt and Frasier's the same and it's just yeah like it's a really really hot and heavy scene it surprised me that i forget that it's like kind of sustained it really goes on for a bit it really does and they're very loud about it it's like noisy kissing it's noise like <laughs> it's yeah they are very loud i think it's um you know, fair play. I mean, Catherine's very attractive. You know, fair play to Fraser, I think, for in, in, in his pursuit. <laughs> no, I mean, you're you're I just. I mean, even the way he says at the end, "I want to take you to that Eames chair and, and show you why it's the best designed chair there ever is." I literally have written that line down. I was about to say that next. I, just, I, I wonder if an Eames chair has ever been used in so perfect a sexual image in in comedy, because I love the Eames chair anyway. And I just love every time it gets referenced. But I think that is like the best moment to use the Eames chair. It's just, it's a fantastic line. I mean, would you, if you were in Fraser's position, would it make mm. you uncomfortable? As in my ethics? Yeah. I honestly, I don't care what this makes me sound like. Matt, no, because Marco is clearly I'm not a nice person whatsoever. Thank you. I'm exactly you know, the same. I he's was made it clear what his thoughts are, you know, to, to most of Seattle. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was watching this thinking that I I would not care. Maybe I don't have any ethics. I would not care in the slightest. <laughs> no, I, I think once you're in that zone and you're in that mood, you've got to have extreme willpower. And Frazier obviously exercises that. But. I just think, yeah, um, I think he's a fool. I think he's a fool for not finding out what kind of sex that's illegal in 48 <laughs> states. I mean, especially that he tells Catherine. I mean, he comes clean with her that Marco wanted her back. Yeah. I mean, that is, that's more than enough. He told her, 
done. Yeah, that, yeah, that's really bold actually, and he he does kind of yeah, he's clean, his slate's clean at that point. He's done everything he can do. It's then it, if Catherine says you know screw it, I don't care, then that's her decision, not him breaching any ethics. You know, he's took care of his his store. I think so. Yeah, I mean, one thing I've, I thought was funny at this point is when she says you know well thank you Doctor Crane or something like that. She sounds British. I don't know if the actress is British, but her voice cracks when she says Dr. Crane and she does sound like it's a British accent. It's re- I don't know if you noticed that. Well, thank you, Dr. Crane. I, I didn't, but now that you've said it, I'm, I, I'm hearing it back in my own head and I, mm. I agree, yeah. She does go a bit funny, doesn't she? She does. Um, I, I mean, so just kind of looking at my notes now and obviously we're at the very end of the episode, really. The last oh. bullet point I had was about the, um, the illegal in 48 states kind of sex. But, I mean, have you got any kind of concluding remarks or things we haven't talked about uh there is a few things that i will just add in uh, one is that amanda donahoe who plays Catherine, yes is english you are correct hey there we go yeah. so maybe there is something to that crack after all yeah uh she is uh she's from london so excellent there you go uh, there, okay thanks for looking that up and then the only other thing i would say is, i mean are, do you think Catherine's right to be annoyed what the fact that Fraser doesn't want to get dirty? Yeah, sure. Um, I think I think she's right to get annoyed because she's kind of put herself. She's gone out on a limb to to say the least. She's been very forward, very open. And as 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 Fraser remarks in different episodes in similar scenarios, it's essentially every guy's dream what she's doing. Um, so it's just yeah, I think it's. I would be annoyed if I were her, you know, to, to be spurned when you're in such a kind of vulnerable position like that. I think you'd feel a bit affronted. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's a natural reaction, isn't it? You know, emotions are running high. You're going to want to have, like, you're going to want to twist the knife a little bit. That's what I you think. are. And you the are, way, like, the, her last line of, you know, the fish was dry. It's just a nice <laughs> little way of doing that. Yeah. That's a, such a, that's such a Frasier insult. Kind of go for the jugular, insult his cooking. And you kind of, yeah, you've got him. Okay, and, and one other thing I really like, actually, the last line of this show, I really love Fraser's little dialogue with Eddie. The uh, who's going to walk me? Who's going to, you know, your biggest worries in life are who's going to walk me? Who's going to feed me? I won't know that kind of joy for another 40 years. Oh, uh, yeah, I love that. I think it's depressing as hell, but I love that they have a tender moment together, which is very rare, those two characters. Yeah, and it's just, oh. I mean, say what you like about that Christmas scene. Eddie does look damn good at it. He looks adorable. and it's He just... does look adorable. He's, he's kind of relaxing. and he, he He's the most remarkably uncomplicated character from the show. And I just think, after he's seen everything that could possibly happen in that episode, Frasier trying to do the right thing, it's boring out of control, him having the chance to sleep with a woman and his ethics getting in the way. And, Fre- you know, Eddie's just kind of lying there thinking, I'm a dog. I haven't put up with any of this. <laughs> I might get a walk here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. It's t- it's that time of the evening where I ask you who's Crane. Is it anyway? Where I ask you a quote from the show, usually a abbreviated quote or a short quote, and you have to tell me who said it. Okay. So this week, the quote I have chosen is, "You can't tell me what to do." Oh. Okay. Uh, I have a feeling it's going to be one of Niles or Frage. I think it's going to be one of their little back and forths. Okay. Uh, interesting. Oh, I bet now you're going to say it's neither of them, aren't you? I'm not going to say that. I'm going to wait for you to settle on a character. I am going to say... Yeah, Frasier. Oh, you got it! Oh! That... 
But your logic is completely off. It's uh, he says it when Fra- when Martin says, "If you don't put the hat on, or look stupid," and then he says, "Oh, I think the ship has already sailed on that one." And then Martin says, "Just put the hat on, Fraser," and he says, "You can't tell me what to do." So yeah, you got it absolutely right. It was Fraser, but it's during the <laughs> much scorned by us Christmas plot. I tell you what, I don't Christmas care. T- a win is a win. I'm going to take it. A win is a win. <laughs> right, I'm going to I'm going to ask you this week, Key. Is this episode in your top ten? It is not in my top ten. It is not in mine either, which I don't yeah. think is going to come as much as surprise. No, I think it, this is this is a stronger episode than here's looking at you, but it's yeah, it's not. It's it's light on laughs, big on the yeah. drama, and I, I think more power to it for the drama. But it's uh, it's not super memorable. No, no, I was going to say I, I'd say it's, it's nice, it's warm, but it's not memorable. I think it's quite yeah. forgettable, really, as an episode. As I said, whenever I look back on this episode, all I really remember of it is Fraser's noise <laughs> <laughs> Fraser's noise yellow peanut m&ms and october 21st i think are the three <laughs> three things we could take away from this episode um next week we will be looking at season one episode eight which is beloved infidel um i can't actually remember what happens in that episode I, do you I know what happens I, in that one it could it be the one and i could be wrong is it the one where they think that they found out that Martin had an affair? And then they find yes, out? it is. is it's it when one? Fraser and Niles are in the restaurant and they see him speaking to... speaking to. Um, it's not Mrs. Wojodubakowski, is it? Because that's a character that comes up a lot. I don't I, know if this is when she's first introduced. I don't think... I think it's a normal name. I don't think it's a name. No, Mrs. Wojodubakowski <laughs> is certainly not normal. So <laughs> we'll uh, look forward to her introduction, whatever that might be. Um, but yeah, next week we'll look at Beloved Infidel. But other than that, uh, I've been Will. I've been Key. And thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Well, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scraps.